You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype, as always, is my friend Michael Eboff. And uh, Mike, we're at the point of the season where every game seems kind of big and the Islanders have another one uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and, and it's what a blessing it is to to be in that spot where it, it, every game matters and it's not just about, you know, making your draft, draft position better. <laughs> So. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I have absolutely no idea what the Islanders' draft position is. Yeah, like I was thinking about this me neither. the other day. I don't know. I, if, no do they, they, yeah. they, I know Good. all I know is they have a first-round pick because I want them to use it to to, to get right. to get a, a real live <laughs> player, which which is different right. than what what it usually is like around here. Yeah, no, right. Uh, well, we're gonna we'll we'll talk about um, I guess trade deadline stuff uh, in the coming next week. Uh, probably uh, we're, we're going to come to you guys a little bit earlier uh, next week. We're going to try to get together on Sunday and we'll talk some trade deadline stuff there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that first round pick uh, could definitely be in play uh, to get somebody that could help the Islanders, particularly on offense where they are struggling a little bit, although they did lose uh, on Tuesday night to Buffalo, uh, which snapped a three game winning streak. Uh, when we last spoke, they had just lost to the Boston Bruins 
who played a very Islanders style game, you know, didn't give them much on offense. The Islanders didn't kind of played into their hands a little bit, didn't help themselves, and they ended up losing 3 1. After that, the Islanders reeled off three straight wins a uh, 2 1 shootout win against New Jersey, a 4 3 overtime win against the Colorado Avalanche, and then a 2 1 win in Minnesota uh, against Minnesota at Barclays Center that uh, was sort of vintage for the season, I guess. And then again last night, uh, Tuesday night, they lost 3-1 to Buffalo, again in a game much like the Bruins game where the Sabres kind of out-Islanders the Islanders. Uh, they just didn't give them anything. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it's weird to kind of like come off a, a three-game winning streak and be a little bit disappointing. But last night was kind of disappointing, right? I mean – it's a little bit of a shame that they didn't. Yeah, it it sucks just because of the team it was against. Uh, but I didn't. I actually didn't think they played terribly at all. Again, which is kind of a common theme. I thought they definitely. There was like, I think Butch actually made another salient point, which was they were just they were like, he said. I think he said like their bio. I can't remember what word he used, but he said like their biometrics were just like a little bit off, and that's what it seems like. There are some some <laughs> opportunities they that, that that were like just about to kind of turn them to or like reveal themselves that a pass in the skates kind of ruined or just like a weird hop um i i, I didn't think they were that that ter- terrible i think it was like another there were a couple individual players like i thought nick letty was pretty pretty bad and um josh bailey is really yeah it. you know i'm kind of i don't like to rip on bailey because i mean after 50 years on the team he still gets pooped on a lot and he's still a good player but man he's really over these last four games he's a guy who has really really been fighting it although without his goal in the shootout they don't beat the devils <laughs> which started the whole thing in the first place so you know it's uh, other than that it's yeah that first really line is, has kind of hit a little bit of a oh well i think Bar- barzell's yeah. still doing his thing um he was a, a wizard at a, in a few instances yeah. last night where i was like all right maybe he's just gonna win this game for the islanders on his own uh but yeah, Bailey Bailey's been tough, and and you know, like you just said, it's 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 not fun to to pile on him, especially because you know, like Josh, I want to bury Josh Bailey an Islander. Like he's he's he he's got a very good chance to be a one jersey guy, and that's a, a rarity in sports, especially in hockey these days. And so it would be cool if if he you know gets to that and is is still like contributing to all the way to the finish line, which obviously is, is way down the line. But uh, yeah, I think I think Trotz might start thinking about some some things that. It's tough because that second line has been uh, so good together. They're probably the, they were probably the best line again last night. Uh, or I don't know if you could call them the I, to me they're the second line because because Matt Barzell's not on them, but yeah. uh, they've they've been awesome. I, I guess you could call them the UFA line because all three of them are UFAs at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're talking about Nelson Bailey uh, Lee and Everly. Yeah, all the all the UFA guys. Um, but yeah, the the four games actually did were kind of of a set and and last night's game against the Sabres was kind of the same. You know, it's hard to say that they played that poorly, but in all all four of them, they well, I shouldn't say that. In against the the Devils and Avalanche and Sabres, uh they just weren't sharp in the first couple of periods. And I think that's the way it was last night. I mean, the the game against the Sabres uh, was probably as boring if not the most boring game they've played all season. It was not It went so quick game. too. They were, it did. I, it was really fast. There were like four whistles in that game. I, I don't. I don't like to call out refs because that's a job I would never want. But you're telling me the Sabers didn't get whistled for one penalty in that game? Seriously? Like that's that's either a, a great job by them or a very very poor job by the Islanders. But 
like you said, like Barzell had what one shift, a couple of shifts there where he was kind of all over the place. Uh, the Nelson line had a couple of good looks, but didn't get anywhere. And I don't know. I just, whenever a team doesn't get called for one penalty, I don't know. That's a little suspect. It's a little bit weird, but, um, you know, against the devils, they were kind of slow for the first two periods. You can say that the devils had the, the, the better of play, but they were tied. Uh, Thomas Grice was excellent. The Islanders had a really good third, but they couldn't break through. Corey Schneider made like a million saves in that game. Uh, even Steve, who wrote our recap, was like, Corey Schneider should have won that game by himself because he was really good, um, and he stopped the Islanders and everything. And the, the OT was all Islanders, basically. There wasn't really much. The, the Devils didn't have anything, and then uh, Bailey scored in, in the shootout. So, you know, all's well that ends well, but it wasn't a great performance. The power play went 0 for 4 there, too. Uh, a couple of nights later against Colorado during the matinee, the Avalanche had a 2-0 lead, which was kind of weird and definitely had the better of play through most of the first two periods. But uh, after the second goal, the Islanders, it was all Islanders. And at, at the end, uh, it, you know, stats wise, it seemed more like an Islanders kind of game. They sort of slowly took the advanced metrics over and eventually ended up out possessing the Avalanche. But uh, they needed a little bit of help. Um Everly tied it. Bailey, oh no, Bailey tied it. Everly had another goal, uh, and then Ryan Pollock had two goals, including the overtime winner, uh, which was great. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, it would have been better had the game not been tied, but hey, it's a Western Conference team. Who cares about giving up that overtime goal? To, uh, that tying goal, it's fine. Giving up the extra point, but uh, yeah, that was a great game for Pollock, and I'm sure a lot of Western Conference people were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" But he's pretty good. <laughs> Um, and then, so that was matinee number one. And then matinee number two was the next day, three o'clock against, uh, Minnesota. I was there. I was proud to say I didn't jinx them, uh, cause they won that game. And that was more of sort of a vintage Islanders performance from this season. They, they really ran over the, the wild for the better part of the first two and a half periods. Uh, Matt Barzell took an ill-advised penalty halfway through the third. Barry Trotz wasn't happy about it. That gave Minnesota a little bit of life, um, there was a couple of goal mount scrambles that I think even right now, I, I watched a game in replay the next day and I still have no idea how the puck didn't go in. Um, maybe the wild were just kind of tired or not feeling it. Um, but Thomas Grice was great. And um, Anthony Beauvillier had a goal. Devontae's had a goal. That was it. And you know, it was, it, it was as classic an Islanders performance. They just, Minnesota really had nothing going on the first two periods. It was it was actually kind of beautiful to watch, and I was there with my friend and his two sons, who are I think nine and I want to say six. And I, you know, I was enjoying it. I don't know if they enjoyed it, <laughs> the, the defensive struggle, but you know, we had a good time. It was Star Wars night. We got Chewbacca beer cozies. Uh, we saw some guys walking around dressed like stormtroopers and Jedi, so that was kind of cool. But uh, but it was fun. It was it was a good night. And you know, had you told me that. I would enjoy a 2-1 defensive battle on a Sunday afternoon in February that you know gave the Islanders a five-point lead into first place in the division. I probably would have told you you were crazy, but that's where I was Sunday, and I couldn't have been happier. It was great. It was that game. That game reflected the the time and temperature and like general like uh, atmosphere. It was just mm-hmm. like it's as it was a Sunday afternoon February of a game as you can get. Uh, it was just <laughs> they they just like you know I thought. I was riveted. I was like, hmm. this it's just, it's really strange because we haven't really seen a team like this. But you could say the Laviolette team is structured well, but that was in a different NHL where you were allowed right. to clutch and grab when a slash was a slash and a hook was a hook. In this NHL, we haven't seen this version of a team. And it's, uh, it's really just riveting to watch those type of games 
where you know you don't want to jinx it and say, yeah, they're just not going to score tonight, uh, or they're only going to score one. Like you know, once you get that one goal lead, it's it's over. But that's what it felt like that that wild game. I think there was that one Devils game where the Islanders ended up scoring uh, three or four. Uh, I felt the same way. Was that I think the Barzell that, one? Yeah, like where he had the breakaway goal. Yeah, yeah, like that game. Like there's just been the games like that where it's just like that. They just didn't. Those that other team didn't stand a chance. You almost feel bad. Mm. You know, I actually don't feel bad. But you 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 you, <laughs> you wonder like what because you you've watched the Islanders play those games. I watched the Islanders play that game against the Devils. Uh, you know, in the early part of like or like the the second half of the first decade of the millennium when uh, the Brodeur teams. We've we've seen those games that we've talked about the Alan Rourke game on this podcast mm. before where he. Mitted, he mitted a, an own goal, and that was it. You just knew the game was over because the Devils were up one nothing, and they were just going to strangle you for the rest of the game. And that's mm-hmm. um, from this from this side of the, the the ledger, it's it's a lot more interesting, and you you pick up the nuance in it uh, than you would the other side where you just you just get frustrated. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, and I, I mean we've talked about it before. Like we've never seen a team like this. If you've been watching the Islanders, I mean I've been watching them longer. You've been watching them for twenty plus years. I've been watching them for 30 plus years. There are people listening to this right now that have been watching them for 40 plus years. And I can honestly say that we've never seen a team like this. Even the dynasty team, like, yes, they were obviously very good defensively. They had good goaltending. I mean, again, for the era, don't look at the stats because <laughs> the stats uh, for uh, 80s goalies don't really match up with today's goalie stats. But, you know, they, they were they could be a very good, tight defensive team. But, I mean – they also could score goals in buckets and and that was you know they weren't never you you know if you were going to shut out the islanders that would you're going to have to do a, put in a lot of work this team and and it was uh i believe john cooper that said it in a an article i believe by arthur staple of the athletic who basically said cooper said they just look to score one more than the other team and that's it and that's all you need and so so far it's it's working for them um however having said that uh, a little more offense uh would be preferable and you know it's one thing to win in a shootout 2-1 uh, obviously they came back to beat the avalanche we've had goaltending problems all all year long and then the uh the wild Devin Dubnik was great uh you know and to muster two goals against him was enough um but you know against the Sabres you know a team you know they're on the playoff bubble you expect a little bit more offense and uh it's pretty clear that some of the some of the lines here are struggling you know Casey Zizekas has had a great season but you, know, you really can't count on that particular line for offense, and he was the only guy who scored a goal. He tied the game uh, just at the end of the first period on Tuesday against Buffalo. Um, you know, Barzell had a couple of good shifts. They weren't sharp as a whole, like like you said or like Butch said. You know, they weren't. They were just kind of a tiny little step behind for the most of the game. Uh, the third period, they were better, but it wasn't enough, and the Sabers eventually got the insurance goal. But they definitely need more offense and. Right now, I would say that the Barzell line kind of needs more consistency. Um, you know, Michael Del Cole is playing up there now, and he's playing fine, but he's not he's not showing up on the scoreboard, which is a problem. And then the Nelson Eberly lead line, which you were talking about, has been playing well. They played great in the Minnesota game and combined for exactly zero goals. <laughs> Nelson, he had three or four beautiful looks, and each one of them was kicked out or something and, and disappeared. And then, you know, Lee had a couple, I think, chances in the third yesterday too, but he's kind of more kind of dependent on the other guys. So, if, you know, one guy's working, the other guy, Lee, is the beneficiary a lot of times of that. Um, so that's where they kind of are. And then you got the third line, which has Beauvillier on it, who seems to work well with with uh, 
Philpola and Komarov. And at the end of the day, this is a team that needs offense. And with the trade deadline a week away, that's kind of, I think, where everybody's mind is going like, okay, they can play defense. We got that. Like, we've watched it for 50-odd games now, almost 60 games, and they got that down on lock. There are some blips here and there, but generally speaking, they got the defense down. The defensemen play well. The goalies are playing well. Who is going to score goal for this goals for this team to get them into the playoffs and then eventually into the playoffs? <laughs> that is the big yep. question right now, you know? Right. I think it's actually as well-timed an offensive slump as you can get <laughs> because it just says, all right, like, here's exactly – we're just showing you what we need. It's uh, it's kind of the Islanders were shooting hot pretty, or for you know the first couple months of the season. That's gone away. Val Terry Filippola isn't scoring every time he puts the puck towards net. Which, <laughs> I can't believe yeah, that it's very continue. surprising. It's surprising yeah. to me for a guy like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think Nelson ha- has uh, been really really good still. Um, that shift he he and Sezikis had that had a great shift in overtime that led to the uh, Polak goal. Um, in, against the, against the Avalanche, and uh, I, I've I've just been impressed with Brock. I've you just notice him every, and we talk yeah. about him a lot. Like the fact that you notice Brock Nelson, I think that was the problem, right? Hmm. For his for the last two seasons, just he just goes invisible for a while. Like you notice him every game. Yeah, I think the no, same is sure. Lee's definitely also um, not benefiting from a power play that's clicking at any level whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> which which is so frustrating. Um, and I think so. Yeah, then they got like Beauvillier and. Dalcol, it seems like whoever is playing with the fix at Felix line is playing better because mm. maybe they just aren't, you know, worried about that part of the game. I think, you know, Komarov said to I guess it was Butchie who was getting the quotes from him before that game yesterday and like, yeah, you know, we we play a simple game. We're not very tip you know, s- skilled hockey players, so we let those guys do what they're doing and we take care of the like the kind of uh, I's and T's and that that's going to work for for a young player and I think Trotz and uh, identified that and well you know that's another line that could, definitely can use an offensive upgrade but I don't think it's going to ever happen uh especially well this season at least so I think it's a pretty glaring need is is right there at the top uh that that top wing position and uh you know it's it's Lou Lamarillo this is our first go round with him and we're starting to you every every uh every writer every hockey writer loves to say oh it's Lou Lamarillo so we have no idea what to set what what's going to happen which is awesome because uh, because with, with Gar Snow is they said the same thing it was very different you know tone and whatever but uh, I think I think Lou is uh, you know people always say like and Lou we trust I, I I'm very excited to see what he does I think he he's got a pretty clear picture the the slump has painted a clear picture <laughs> of what exactly this team needs to uh, to improve upon on whatever it is the 25th right. Um, and you know it's funny you bring up that the fix it Felix uh, pair as as Barry Trotz called them of uh, Filippola and Komarov because they do play a simple game and you could say the same for the fourth line too I mean they they played their game in all four of those games there was really no difference in any of them and Sizikas again scored against the Sabers um, whereas the top two lines um, and Trotz called it out too again I've said this before but it's really weird to like think of something during a game and then have the coach echo those exact sentiments <laughs> after the game. But he said, you know, they, they got too cute. They tried to be too fancy and that's not their game. And, and, you know, it was throwing them off and you could see that Barzell was trying to sneak in that extra pass or Nelson was trying to sneak in that extra little dipsy doodle here, which, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time to kind of get a little bit open, but that's not how they've won uh, so far this year. So they need to get back to those sort of simple times and, 
and simple play. And that's got to start Thursday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are right now uh, five points behind the Islanders in third place for the Met in the Metro Division. I haven't, I don't know what the Penguins are at now, but uh, they're they're right there. They're right. They're five points behind the Islanders. Uh, the Caps are three points. And so it's kind of huge. I mean, the Islanders aren't going to lose first place if they lose the game. But, you know, this is a team you might potentially see in the playoffs. Uh, once again, like the Sabres and like the Bruins, who are obviously the best example of this, uh, they're a team that excels uh, not giving you much. So this is, in a way, kind of a perfect way to get, you know, to kind of drive home the point that Trotz was trying to make again after the Sabres game in which, like, we need to play not we need to play our game. That's not fancy. That is, you know, defensive minded and then get the opportunities and bury them. Uh, and there's really no better team to do that against than the Blue Jackets, who, again, are going to be desperate. So it's not going to be easy, but that's the kind of team that isn't going to give you much. And so here come the Islanders. You know, they, they should be bracing for a one nothing or two one game because that's probably what's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, uh, somebody's having a bad night. <laughs> Hopefully it's Columbus, but, you know, could could be you, too. We never know. Yeah, the, the, I think they've won a couple in a row now, like four yes. or five for the Blue they Jackets. They shut out the Caps the other night. So Yeah, I, I, I had kind of written them off, I guess, right before our last episode because I saw where they were and, and just the whole drama surrounding Panarin and Bobrovsky. Mm. Like, you know, this just looks like a team that just is not going to be able to to withstand the 82-game the marathon plus the pressures from the Canadian media who love paying paying attention paying attention to the Blue Jackets. You think Columbus? You think Columbus was Hamilton or something with the way, you know, that the coverage they get because of uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky, uh, who unbelievably have yet to have been labeled enigmatic. The two of them, so it's crazy. Uh, new era we're living in. The uh, yeah, I'm surprised I they haven't orchestrated a trade of the two of them to Montreal. Or or Toronto. Not that any of the, not that either team needs either of those guys, but like you, the way you say it, like you know that they've focused on them so much with these two players that I'm surprised they haven't tried to like force them to Winnipeg or, or Vancouver to try and kind of like boost them up, you know. Well, if you if you uh, if you have been listening or, or reading what these guys, the the TSN insiders and Sportsnet and Athletic <laughs> Canadian insiders have been saying, Mark Stone to Winnipeg is a done deal because he's from Winnipeg. So. Oh. I just seen like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He he loves he loves Winnipeg. He loves being a Winnipeg boy, a Manitoba <laughs> guy. So uh, this this would mean the world for him because he grew up watching that team that played in Atlanta while he was growing up. So uh, <laughs> it's just you know, it's amazing. You know, who else is a Winnipeg guy? Barry Trotz. You know where yeah. he coaches? Long Island. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. But anyway, but uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, it's uh, they're 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 out of control already. Mm. It's, great <laughs> um but yeah so the blue jackets are going to be a tough out for sure um the game after that is a saturday night game possibly the final game in barclay center and we're going to talk a lot about arena stuff in a little bit after we talk about this game here but uh is against the edmonton oilers uh the oilers right now are playing the penguins again i'm not sure what what score there what the score is there i know that uh speaking of canadian writers uh some uh, mark specter of uh uh, the Edmonton, uh, well, no, he's Sportsnet. Uh, he's already complaining about uh, Connor McDavid not playing defense, which is yeah, that's totally a problem to worry about. But uh, that's going to be, uh, I you know, I don't want to put too fine a point on it. I don't want to like put too much pressure on it or build anybody up or build myself up. But the Oilers play Friday night in Raleigh. They then have to fly to 
Brooklyn uh, to play the Islanders the next night in a home game. The Islanders are going to be off in possibly the last game in, in Barclays Center before the Islanders take off on a Western uh, Canadian road trip. This has to be a layup for the Islanders. That, that doesn't mean they can take them lightly, but this has to be a game where they just come out, much like, again, one of these games you were talking about earlier, where they just come out, stomp on them early in the first two periods, suck the life out of them, and make that third period kind of just a matter of course, you know, just to kind of put a point on it. That has to be a game they can yep. they have to win. The Blue Jackets game is going to be tough, and I'm I'm being if I'm going to be honest, you know, it could kind of go either way. Obviously, I prefer the Islanders win it, but it could go either way. The Blue Jackets need the points too, so it's going to be tough. But that game against the Oilers, you got to have that. Like you have to have to have to take that. There's there is being served up on a platter, and the Islanders have to win it uh, in that situation before they go off on a road trip and play uh, the Oilers in their hometown, but also the Flames and the Canucks as well. Yeah, the I think. Um... Before I left work, I saw the odds for that Blue Jackets game. The Islanders were were slight underdogs, so whatever. If the and that the, makes the, sense, I mean, yeah, they're on the road. And they're the on the game. road, um, and they're probably teams talent wise that are pretty similar. And and obviously, goaltending Bobrovsky has a great track record. But uh, you know, let's just assume hypothetically they lose that game. Then they're staring, like you said, there's the next game is, is against the Oilers. That is the fix-it Felix game, basically, because <laughs> you're, you're then staring a three-game losing streak, and you're going away, and all of a sudden, it's going to be, uh, you know, the, the, you can't let the wheels come off. They're getting away. They're going into Canada, where they'll they'll get a little bit more attention from the media. Um, so, yeah, that, that game against the Oilers is going to be uh, pretty pretty damn important in a very sneaky way that you know, if you you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have circled it for any other reason that hell Con- Con- Connor McDavid's coming to town. Like maybe it'll be cool right. to watch him. I think you was it last year you and I went to that game where oh yeah it was the, yep. it was it was last season right it was the yeah. Connor McDavid's coming to town. The team sucks. They're not going to make the playoffs. But let's go watch Connor McDavid, you know, win the game in overtime against us. Uh, <laughs> and so we, they gave out the free tickets and we met our friends uh, yes. from Toronto, who we can't talk to now. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, you're you're 100 right. Like this game, in the grand scheme of things, probably doesn't mean a whole lot, except for the situation in which it it does. Um, I guess also what I'm trying to say is, if you, you know, we're gonna go to a game. This would be a great game to go to. Like if you're a New Yorker, if you're a Manhattanite, you're in Brooklyn, you're in Queens, you're in Jersey. Uh, this is a good game to go to. Like just make the time because they might not be back here. And I'm just saying, obviously, I'm just talking out of my behind, but. It's possible that this is the last game they play in Brooklyn. Maybe it's not. You never know. But if it is, you'll want to have been at this game. And hopefully, you know, big sellout crowd, big Islanders win to propel them on their Western Conference road trip to parts unknown and 10 p.m. starts that I know you enjoy. You like you love those 10 p.m. starts. Yeah, I do. And I, and I love I, it's not the same at the, the new Edmonton Arena or whatever, but the ice, <laughs> the ice at Rexall has always been great. And, and games at the Sa- Saddle Dome like are just fun to watch because yeah. of like the aesthetic of them uh, is great, and, and Harvey's just like walking around doing his thing. <laughs> that uh, the game against the Canucks on Saturday—that's at ten o'clock. I want that. That must be like a, I guess, hockey night in Canada game. I mean, that's kind of like a big. Yeah, I guess it deal. is. Wow, oh, look at that, yeah. Matt Barzell getting the uh, BC oh, boy. God. Actually, somebody oh, else God. too. Taves, right? Isn't Taves a? Uh, yeah, he BC is. Guy? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they, they, I don't know if they'll know he, that guy exists until <laughs> until <laughs> they show up. Right. But, uh, yeah, that bar, I didn't even think about the Barzell thing. Sorry. Yeah, that won't be fun. No, no. Uh, but, uh, all right, so let, let's talk about some fun stuff because you found an article, or I should say you brought brought 
an article to a lot of people's attention. And when I tell people at the end of the episodes that you got to follow Mike on Twitter, this is exactly what I'm talking about because he finds this kind of stuff that a lot of other Islanders people will not find. So when I tell you to follow Mike at the Big Lebowski on Twitter, I mean it. You should follow him on the big uh, on Twitter at the Big Lebowski because this article from HorseRaceInsider.com is wonderful. It's a treasure trove. It's by Mark Burner, a guy who we've talked about. We talked about last year who's uh, the sort of Belmont insider guy. So he gets he knows a lot of people in Belmont Park and talks a lot of people in New York Racing uh, um, Association. <laughs> I almost said alliance, not alliance, association. And, um, you know, there's nothing really too crazy in the article. It's really just about how uh, this is kind of a done deal. Like nobody's really said anything. They can't really announce it for various reasons. But basically this arena is a done deal. And the meetings that they've had at the Elmont Library and people can voice their opinions are just sort of a dog and pony show. But that's just the sort of beginning before all kinds of fun stuff uh, happens. And I mean, do you want to walk us through it? Because there's a ton of really cool stuff in this article and it's all good. And it's funny because we haven't had a lot of like arena drama this season, which has been a, a wonderful oasis, you know, and thank God we haven't had it. But this is sort of fun arena drama where it's, you know, nobody's being embarrassed or anything except for, I guess, one guy. But uh, it's been fun. So I don't know. What 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 was your favorite part of the whole thing? I think I have a guess, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> the uh, the I, I saw this from from Islanders Reddit the, from uh, the user's name, I think was Fire Islander. Um, so <laughs> the, this, the the article claims and this this mark burner uh, who i've I've now spoke to a little bit and i've heard from several different people is like thorough as thorough gets and has a great great sources especially in this space the space being the belmont um arena stock talk um said that ratner bruce ratner poured collis um concrete into toilets in the executive suites at nassau coliseum so that they were useless to make sure that the Islanders would always play in Brooklyn. And mm. it, if you read the article, you're, you're reading through it, and it's basically this whole article is about how everything is just – they're just waiting to basically sign the dotted line for this mm. thing, and, and the shovels are going to get in the ground. And then this matter-of-fact paragraph brings this to light, and I'm just like, how is this not a bigger deal? Like <laughs> that is the craziest thing I've ever this – this, this whole saga has been – just one crazy thing after another and it's it's all these people straddling the fine line between shady practices and criminal practices and this one is just maybe the most outlandish thing i've, I've read in, in this whole saga um so i did a little bit more digging and spoke to some sources and stuff around the islanders and whatever and they all basically point to this you know, uh, jim baumbach who uh tweeted out that because we, we were you know islanders couple people on islanders twitter and i were we're trying to figure out what the hell is going on obviously this is you don't you don't have a billionaire pour concrete down a coliseum <laughs> at the building he or the building he owns to to force a, a professional hockey team that he has a stake in or whatever he doesn't have an ownership but he <laughs> obviously means a lot to his bottom sure. line uh to force him into the other building that he owns without you know getting covered or whatever so Randy Marshall and Jim Baumbach, who've done a really good job for Newsday, covering kind of the political beats in sort of connected to the to the uh, to the new Belmont Arena, uh, did a little digging at BSE. 
Ratner's organization obviously denied it. Mm. Uh, and that's obviously what they're going to do. But it seems like this is actually a real thing. Because, <laughs> and because, So coincidentally, at the last game I was at at the Coliseum against the Kings, I had decent seats. I'm looking up to the left and because I, I hear these two people talking behind me about how why, why aren't those suites being used? If you're facing the goal, the Islanders shoot at twice. They'd be on your left. Uh, and, and obviously, an upper upper decks, whatever. They're on your left up in the gods. And you're and you're like, you. I was looking at him like, holy shit, she's right. There's nothing. It, it's just like kind of blacked out. Like it looks like the Oakland A's tarp without the A, big A. And right. I just was thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's, you know, the Kings are here or, or they just didn't they did sell them what whatever the maybe there just wasn't that they're there for the press there wasn't that many press i don't know and then this come up came up and then somebody i can't remember who it is on twitter i feel bad now brought that up and and i was like oh my god that's right i remember that <laughs> conversation now from from the same from the the game and uh it's it's ludicrous i don't know how else to say it and <laughs> the fact that like i know like the newsday people were kind of joking around about it and sure it's like it's a non-story that probably right. because they own this building, they can do whatever the hell they want to the building. But it's very, very Islanders, and nobody is. It, it, yesterday was just a really great day to be an Islander fan, it, 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 because of that. Right. Yeah. It was uh, like I said. Like I mean, we've we've all lived through arena drama a lot, and it's it's sadly derailed a bunch of seasons. Uh, unfortunately, that you know we end up paying more attention to these sort of suits and these people doing a lot of talking and boardrooms and, you know, zoning and things like that. Kate Murray and Mangano and, you know, all these, these people that we don't want to talk about having, instead of talking about players on the ice. And so it's a, this is a, 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 this thing. And again, the story itself is totally fine. Like it's basically just saying what we all kind of assume, which is that this arena is a done deal and they're just waiting for, the right time to announce that it's going to be done. And, you know, again, the, the, the meetings and, and the comments and stuff really aren't much of anything at this point. They're just kind of, you know, window dressing before the final thing, the final sign off happens. But yeah, you know, there's a, there are these little bon mots in there, these little tidbits that make it funny. And what's funny is that it seems like, it, you know, the fact that I should say the fact that it's a done deal or what makes these tidbits funny. And so it, it is drama, and that's the title of the article, is uh, Drama Surrounding Saratoga, Belmont, and the Islanders Arena. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's still drama nonetheless, but it's, it's drama we can all laugh at. And the actual uh, paragraph is um, the way Ratner, you know, kind of went about the, the renovation of Nassau Coliseum, it, like you said, in a way to kind of keep the Islanders in Brooklyn and not make them want to go back to the Coliseum. And he wrote Ratner decreased NASA Coliseum seating capacity to below NHL standards and was so petty to pour concrete down the toilets in executive suites, rendering them useless. Ratner did this to ensure the Isles would play in Brooklyn. What Ratner did not bet on was that the Islanders fan base <laughs> would prefer to play at NASA Coliseum concrete toilets be damned uh, because they didn't want to go out to Brooklyn anymore and were kind of tired of the commute, tired of the weird seats, tired of paying extra money, and just tired of the whole thing, to be kind of – to be blunt. Uh, again, I say that as a person that likes going to games in Brooklyn, but it's pretty – it was pretty obvious pretty early that this wasn't going to last for a long time. And, you know, came came for me, it took a while to realize that, but at this point, 
you know, we can't really fight City Hall. It is it is what it is. And once Belmont opens, all of these questions will be done. Um, the other the other part I liked about this was it talked about, you know, what could happen for the playoffs, and it mentioned that um, um, if you know, the problem is that for first round playoff games, it's done by local broadcasters and local media. You're only hosting, you know, a team the journalists from the one other team. But once you get into the second round, now the national broadcasters start showing up and the, and the Coliseum, unfortunately just doesn't have the infrastructure to, to support that sort of thing. And it's going to cost money. Uh, well, maybe it comes from Nassau County. Maybe it comes from the owners. Maybe it comes from somebody, but it's going to cost money maybe to, to get the Coliseum up to snuff where, you know, Sportsnet or NBC or whoever can come in and, you know, do the job for a, potential seven game series. Now, obviously look, this is, we're talking about two months from now. So there's a lot that can happen between now and then, but it is a concern, I suppose. Uh, also it, it recounts the very famous story of Charles Wong, not wanting to do business with Senator Al D'Amato's brother and basically derailing the entire lighthouse project, which is a story that we've known for about for a long time. It's not a secret. It's out there. Uh, you know, people have been talking about it for a long time, but never fails to amuse. Let's put it that way. But um, yeah, it's been it's been it's an interesting story. I've read it like three times now because I almost feel like I'm having withdrawals from this kind of stuff. Because <laughs> there was once a time when like we read stories like this every week, and everything was like, oh my god, oh my god. Oh, by the way, the comments section in this story is even more gold. You should yeah, check that out for even more stuff. Um, Burner is an Islanders fan. He clearly he he's he's talking like an Islanders fan down there. Um, so good on him. But. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun story, and and it's great that the team is in first place, and this arena is apparently on the way, and we can actually laugh about it, which is what we probably should be doing at stories like this. It's uh, I think one of my favorite um, kind of ironic parts of the story is that by uh, I guess by by shortchanging the the improvements or by uh, cutting corners. Ratner actually added more Coliseum nostalgia and charm into the Coliseum, <laughs> and and made, people came back to the building. And were like, they did a great job renovating this place right. because they didn't they didn't really do anything. Yeah, and it's and like and so he thought what he was doing was going to keep them out, but instead it just drew more people in and and made it more uh it, it made it more charming. Like it's unbelievable that that's you know what it is, and the fact that now I can look up at those dark executive suites and just say one of those suites i there was a guy he probably didn't do it but he probably had a fixer go up there and dump concrete into a toilet up there it makes it makes you know it just adds to the coliseum folklore which once again adds to why we love it so much and why Mm. people want to come out there and want the playoff games to be there uh yeah it's just it's uh mark mark actually thought at first i was i was like a going on some crazy tirade against him and and i i like i had to hatch it out with him you know i i tweeted i'm like no 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 no. like i think this is great like this is awesome thank you for like doing this whatever Mm. and and we've talked we're we're now good friends um (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we i mean it was was, he was he was thanking uh me and at ole kavasha who's a a great follow on on, on islanders twitter uh for for welcoming him welcoming him to isles twitter and uh it was just like the fact that I, I, I'm sure, like, if if this got picked up it, 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 by a bigger, uh, you know, outlet or whatever, it would have turned into like kind of annoying stuff. But the fact that this is kind of just like it buzzed around a little bit uh, yesterday in the the Islander Echo Sphere was fun, and and then it, it got us to like basically got us to puck drop, 
where mm. another very Islanders thing happened where Shannon Hogan was doing the pregame show, which was on MSG Plus, Channel 72 for me on Optimum. And then mm. right before the uh, actual proper broadcast started, the, uh, like the game broadcast, uh, she said, uh, this game is actually going to be on MSG Plus 2, so go get out your remote controls and go to MSG Plus 2. And it seemed like everybody, every Islanders fan was like, not was not prepared for. I was not prepared for it. So <laughs> wow. we were we were all scrambling to get the game on on the right channel. I ended up, I, I the the Cablevision had like the the wrong game listed. It had the the Buffalo Islander game listed for tonight on one channel, huh. and then it had the the channel was actually on was something else. I think a Devils game. So the channel below that, which I assumed was was because it was the first MSG Plus hmm. Plus or whatever the first one. Was showing an exhibition tennis match, which featured Marty Fish, and then it just in abruptly cut to the Westchester Knicks like mo- <laughs> opening montage, and was, it was just a very this Islanders is, day. This is all news to me because I, I actually I came home from work and just as about seven oh five was when I got home, and I've been watching pretty much every game on MSG Go. So this is all news to me. That's unbelievable. So you basically. You went from watching the Islanders pregame show to watching about three or four different other events. The first place you actually Islanders find too. the other game. Like yeah. the, the, the only team in New York that is relevant. <laughs> That's pretty. Having the Westchester Knicks there is just the perfect icing yeah. on the cake. Like, and you, I, I, there yeah. was a part of me that I just wanted to keep watching. You know, like Friday. The, you remember the Friday night Knicks? Like, I think they probably still do it. Like with the music or whatever that comes on, and I think it's like Robert Randolph's and the Family Band that does. It, it was like basically the minor league version of that, and it was kind of cool. There was like. Some right. cool B-roll of, of Westchester graffiti. <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of enjoying this. I might watch this to the end of the montage and then hopefully at some point yeah. find Islander game. Um, and then I ended up finding it. And That's so uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, Michelle, Michelle uh, Catalano on Twitter. She was like, yeah, my, uh, my, I couldn't find it either. My mom was the one who found it first. I had to call her to get the channel. It was it was really <laughs> fun. That's a, that is really funny. That reminds me of the great time when uh, the Islanders were bumped for some like Division three, uh, I don't know, or not. No, it wasn't just division. It was like a Pac-10 basketball game between like two non-playoff teams or something. It was like, what is happening? Right, where is my team? Why am I watching? Like, it was like I don't know, Arizona A&M or something. It was some weird team. Kevin Schultz remembers this on Twitter, I'm sure. But uh, it was it was really weird. Yeah, the, the fun stuff that happens with the Islanders on MSG Network it never never ceases to amaze. But again, like it's funny now because the team is in first place. Everything is going well. You know, we can laugh about it, but like if they were in if they were in last place, you'd be like, Well, this is just another, you know, slap in the face. When will the indignity yeah, end? That kind that's of a thing. Good point. But uh, <laughs> but it is funny that that that, that absolutely happened. Uh, speaking of MSG shows, um my wife and I were watching the uh the finale of Hell's Kitchen, which is still on. I don't know if people still watch it. It's on uh, with Gordon Ramsay uh on Friday nights and uh, they have chefs tables where like celebrities or whoever will will come and sit at the chef's table and then of course you know they get attended to by the by the the chef uh, contestants there and uh, one of them was JB Smooth and my wife was like who the hell is JB Smooth <laughs> cuz i was like oh my god i can't believe and i was like oh he's a, he's a comedian he was on Curb Your enthusiasm and then all of a sudden it came rushing back to me and i i went off on a whole thing about he had a show on MSG called Four Courses with JB Smooth and he would talk to people and I saw his commercials a hundred thousand times every every Islanders game. So I, I don't think she expected that much information on this man. But and, and after after a while, I caught myself and I'm like, oh, well, you know, he's a funny guy. He's a really funny guy. That's about all I can tell you. So it's you go. yeah, good for JB for for turning his his uh, 
comedy career and it's curb your enthusiasm acting career yeah. into into just getting fed really nice meals yeah. all the time <laughs> pretty, pretty much yeah. pretty much he's a great he's funny because like I, I told my wife i'm like he he's one of these guys that i don't know if he actually tells jokes but just the way he says anything is funny so he's one of these guys that's yeah just, he's, he's a funny storyteller baby. got a great shtick uh, yeah <laughs> big jb guy pretty much but anyway so that was kind of funny and, just, and I, I had total like it's one of those things where like i had totally removed knowledge of that show from my brain and then all of a sudden, within an instant, it all came back to me. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't remember. I just remember. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So check out that article by Mark Berner on uh, horseraceinsider.com. It, it, it'll put a smile on your face specifically because it says Baby Bunch to the Islanders, you know, the arena is a done deal. Uh, Mark's a, a well-connected guy. I mean, he had a bunch of scoops going on uh, during the, the selection process and all that stuff way, way back when. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have no reason not to believe him. Uh, I <laughs> I want to believe uh, the whole concrete in the toilet story, which is why I'm calling this episode Concrete in the Toilets. It's very rare that I have a title for an episode before we actually talk, uh, but uh, it's going to make my job a lot easier. But I, I couldn't read that and not immediately call this episode Concrete in the Toilets because yeah. that's just I, – we should probably change the name of the podcast. I hope it's, it does uh, start to take a life of its own. Because it would just be a fun thing, you know. It'd be a fun, you know. Detroit have the act; they have the octopus. Right. The, you know, what, what if the Islanders just have like toilet seats or something? I, I, it'd, be, it'd be fun. Uh, there, there, there was just a lot. I, I always thought that you know, when the Islanders, you know, if ever anything was thrown on ice besides beer bottles, it would be bagels or whatever. But toilet seats would work too. I think, uh, you know, if maybe they can sign a couple spots like they used to have. Um, Back in the Charles Wong era, the funstockings.com was like their big sponsor. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right by yeah, the, fun the middle. Yeah, yeah. funsocks, whatever it was, right in the middle of the, the ice. And I always thought that was funny for people who were watching maybe on NHL Network or something, and they showed the highlights of the Islander game. And, you know, they go you go from Budweiser and Bud Light or whoever for, for Rangers or Penguins or the bigger market teams, and then you show the Islanders, and it's just like, yeah, hmm. like come get your, your – uh, fun stockings or something yeah so well, that's why i you know being at barclay center always uh, it threw me for a loop because they had like actual sponsors on the ice there as opposed to whoever the, the islanders had at the time yeah. rob the plumber what was that guy was yeah. it, <laughs> yes the, steve the plumber whatever his name was but anyway uh okay um so what are the all right so we talked about the last games we talked about the next couple of games we talked about the arena um what else is uh, the, there weren't any other oh um there were a couple of minor trades uh, made the um, the Canadians picked up Nate Thompson, former Islander, right? Uh, so uh, Mark Bergevin likes his uh, his fourth liners, and so he's got another one. The trade deadline stuff is ramping up. Elliot Friedman had a great thirty one thoughts. Um, you know, nothing really Islanders related, but uh, they've been called big game hunters. They're kind of out there in the weeds. Uh, last week's thirty one thoughts had a great story about how. Uh, he told uh, the Vancouver Canucks before he made the Corey Schneider trade that if uh, that the word of that trade got out even a minute before the trade happened, he would call and cancel the trade, which is why you're probably not going to hear about a trade going down before it actually goes down. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of That's calm amazing. before the storm, right? Yeah, that I mean that is a classic. Oh, I, I totally forgot. Speaking of luxury suites, apparently the game I was at also had a. Kyle Dubas, uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs general manager, chilling with Lou and catching up in a in a suite, possibly right below my seats, <laughs> uh, which I found out the next day. So uh, I don't know. Could have just been to say, hey, how's it going? Or 
could have been a huge deal in the works. You never know. Um, also, I, I told this story in the uh, in the comments um, for the recap for that game. But uh, the third period, it was a stoppage, and I hear this this cheer go up. And I'm, I'm in section 220, so it's a, the you know the upper deck, kind of on the corner. And I hear this cheer go up from down below near the glass. And I look down there, and uh, John Ledecky is taking his seat, and he just got like a cheer from the people around him. And I was flabbergasted. I was like. Is this really happening? <laughs> that's that's all. The guy just came in and sat down and took a seat. I told my friend who was sitting you know, a couple of seats away from me. I'm like, I can't believe Islanders fans cheering an owner just for sitting down in his seat. Like that's that's where we are right now. That's 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 the, the where we are at this point in the season. I had never seen anything like that and never thought I would in my entire life. But it happened. I mean, I want to believe it happened. Yeah, it's, I'm it, not wrong. <laughs> moment, moments like that are are so great because they bring you they they always say like, oh. Come back down to earth. Come back down to earth. But we shouldn't be like we should be up there where 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 the season has taken us. And that season kind of does the opposite. Uh, that moment kind of takes the opposite effect where you're maybe you're like oh you know like it is tough. Like they 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 haven't really accomplished anything yet. The playoffs are going to be a gauntlet. And then something like that happens and you realize where the Islanders are and where everyone expected them to be, where we all expected them to be. How down we were in July. And you're like, all right, like I should get back up there. Bring me back to not earth, you know, and, and moments like, like there have been so many moments like that from the Barry Trotz chance, like his postgame press conferences where you're just like, none of nobody's, and we say it all the time here. No, not a, no Islander fan is really taking it for granted. And, and that's just like another moment, the nice moment where it's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to soak this in. That's awesome. Like hmm. you, when you see, you see the, uh, like we, the pictures of Ledecky, like was riding the train with fans or whatever too. It's like, you're just like, yeah, this is great. This is the season. Of, of like that dreams are kind of made of and uh god i just there's going to be more the, the best part is there are going to be more moments like that most likely so i can't wait i, I can't I, it's so weird to just not can't wait i just can't wait for every islander game it's so weird it, it, it is weird and, and again like you know that game against the sabers you know how many times have we seen them play a game against the sabers in february and you know you lose and you know, it just they didn't play particularly well. They were only down two one until about four minutes left in the third. They still could have come back and won it, um, but they didn't. And it was both incredibly reassuring to be like, "Well, hey, what are you going to do? You just get them next time." But also be really disappointed, like, "Oh, come on, we could have been, we could have padded our first place lead even more with this win." You know, you just put in a little more effort. So it, it's been a fun ride and, and and I don't want to go off on a whole thing about it, but I mean, there's, there's still people out there that love to troll Islanders fans, love to kick them kind of playfully, but also kind of like, you know, playing into the, we don't respect you by laughing about how much they don't respect you. Just ignore these people. (laughs) Honestly, just have fun with it. Enjoy it. The trade deadlines a week away. There's kind of a big game a few days after that, that we're definitely going to talk a lot about in the coming weeks. So I don't want to spoil it, but just enjoy it. Like, don't worry about what, you know, Guy X at The Athletic has written about this thing. Obviously, you should read Arthur Staple, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people there that don't really care. Like, they don't get us. You know, they, they don't care about us. They definitely don't care about the team. They're not tuned into, you know, how this fan base has been feeling over the last, you know, year, 18 months, two years, whatever it is. And this is our time. Like, we should enjoy this. And, and you know, we got a good team. Um, that plays in a style that we have almost never seen from this franchise. And they go into to every game with a chance to win. And that's something that, you know, we haven't always been able to say. 
Uh, so don't worry about it. Just enjoy it. It should be a good time. Uh, so a couple of plugs real quick. Um, we, uh, we have a great thing on Lighthouse Hockey. You should read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. I keep forgetting to say that. Uh, great thing went up uh, today by Kerry about uh, the Islanders' power play. It's kind of been a sore spot all year. Um, you know, they had a goal uh, against Minnesota. They had six opportunities, so they went one for six. But uh, things look pretty well. Just, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more. Um, but basically what it comes down to is, um, you know, there's a lot of structure there, and they're operating kind of as a unit, which is great, but they just don't have people to put the puck in the net, which is a problem. So you should check that out. He, as always, he puts things into – puts these numbers into into terms that, you know, normal humans can understand. So it's it's great to read, and it was illuminating. I had never thought of it that way, but it was a, it was a pretty cool read, so you should check that out. Um, March – 16th, I want to say. Let me make sure I got this right. March 16th is, yes, Saturday, March 16th, Offside Tavern. Dan and Noel doing a live Isles Buzz podcast. You go watch the Red Wings Islanders game. You could stay for the uh, live uh, Isles Buzz podcast. Check that out. Nick Hershon, author of We Want Fish Sticks, is going to be there. That's going to be a fun time. You should definitely do that. March 16th at the Offside Tavern, which is, you know, the mecca of Islanders fans in, uh, in uh, Manhattan. So you should check that out. So it's another weird thing is like I, I know uh, those guys have done a really good job, but it's just another weird thing that there's an Islanders bar uh, that exists because I remember in uh, the year, the I guess the lockout year when uh, they made the playoffs and they were good, and I was going out to watch games at different bars with some friends, uh, just being like, "Can you put the Islanders game on?" And like, no joke, just people just like bartenders being like, "Why?" And like, really? Like, <laughs> you know, we haven't had an Islander game s for in, in years here. And, legitimately like that that yeah. stuff happened and now we got a bar so it's yeah. great manhattan's good like that because there's bars for everything i had a friend who was a huge cleveland he was a big cleveland guy so he loved browns calves and all. and he he a couple of times i went with him to a place called brady's i believe it was on the upper east side that was a browns bar like the owner was from cleveland and she had all this you know browns games on like they they got the the top spot the got top tvs and i was always like this is so weird. <laughs> like this is this weird spot in the middle of Manhattan. That's just all, all Cleveland all the time. It's just so, and how the hell did you find this? I forget how, but I was like, man, that's weird. And you know, meanwhile, I'm the, I'm the Islanders fan. Like, you know, I have people in my own family don't even want to watch Islanders games. So it's not like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's the whole yeah. thing is kind of news to me. So, uh, but yeah, the offside, uh, March 16th, if you've never been, you should definitely go. That's a good time to go. You Watch uh, Noel uh, and Dan do their thing, and uh, you know it's kind of cool. It's it's a whole day. It's a whole little Islanders day for you. And he keeps I keep seeing also those Islander meetups like more and more. Like there's one in Milwaukee going on. I think at mm. the end of March. It's it's so cool. It's great. Yeah, uh, definitely check out the uh, the fan shots on the side of uh, Lighthouse Hockey's homepage for more meetups because uh, Mike was organizing one in Jersey. Uh, we got some going on for the. The, tw- the game on the 28th, so you should check that out. Uh, you know, there's always people out there, and that's yeah, you know, that's what's another great thing about this season has been is the people kind of coming out of the woodwork and you know finding each other, and maybe there's a meetup. You know, the, there's the the meetup groups from Tampa and Philly and Raleigh. Like these guys have kind of started a movement, and people are kind of doing it themselves, yeah. and getting ready to go, and you know, getting into groups and having fun. Because why I th- not? I, th- I think Islander fans will never, and I, I, you know, maybe I'm speaking for. Or too many people, but I don't think Islander fans would ever be upset at somebody for, you know, who had given up on the team for coming out of the woodwork no, in a season not. like this. Because, hell, we we went through the same shit you did, and, and it was crazy and it was horrible. 
and we understand, you know, exactly why you, you're like, this is not worth our time. You and I probably were very close to doing the same thing, you know. <laughs> like this, it's basically just getting kicked while you were down after you were already kicked while you were down. And, uh, and, and now, like, it's, it's nice. And, you know, this is what sports are about. It's supposed to be enjoyable. And sure. so, like, you know, the more the merrier. The more the, yeah. the merrier. I mean, if anybody's earned a season like this, it's been us. Let's put it that way, too. Uh, so, yeah. So, there you go. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so, the this week's NHLnames.com NHL name of the week is... Jujar Kara cut off that pass. Jujar Kara of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, NHLnames.com by our own John and Travis is your home for NHL name pronunciations straight from the play-by-play guys. Uh, Kara is kind of like, uh, he's a guy who's been on the Oilers for a while now. He's sort of like their Casey Zizekas a little bit. Like he's kind of a uh, you know, hardworking bottom six type. Uh, seems like a good player. You know, he's always kind of the throw-in guy <laughs> for a lot of trades from Oilers fans. But uh, I saw his name on the list, and I'm like, yeah, I've always wanted to know how to pronounce this guy's name. So there you go. I, uh, I Obviously, Dan never tells me who these names are before the show. and So I'm doing this thing now where I guess it. Uh, <laughs> and, and the person I – it wasn't – I, I was going to guess Jacob Chitrin. And I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce his name, but I'm the Arizona Coyotes. That was my guess in my head. Oh, uh Oh well, I always do the game, you know, a guy that they're gonna play. So a team they're yeah, gonna play. I should, I so should have I, put, I should have put that together. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for the Oilers game. Uh, I don't know who they're. I didn't bother to go. I feel like we all kind of know the Blue Jackets, but they they play the Blue Jackets twice more in March. So whew, that's gonna be rough. So good good time <laughs> to uh, to get a jump on them would be uh, Thursday night. And don't forget to go to sneakyathletic.com. They got all the cool goat and Fort Never Lose apparel. You. Put in uh, anxiety in the discount code box, and you could save yourself 10%. That's pretty cool. Sneakyathletic.com. Anxiety in the discount box. Save yourselves 10%. Go there today. Okay. Any, anything else? Did we miss anything? Tell everybody your Twitter handle. It's uh, the Bigly Basket with two E's. The Bigly Basket with two E's. You should follow Mike. He's been on a tear. He's been hitting him out of the park lately. You should check it out. Not just for the Horse Racing Insider. <laughs> stuff but uh you should you should follow mike just just do it it's it's he's criminally underfollowed Very i would nice. say i know i like i like i like to keep a, a low profile <laughs> uh i've been kind of sneaking back on uh a little bit to check things out especially with the trade deadline going on uh i uh responded to somebody the other day asking if we're on spotify we're not on spotify uh, because it would cost us money. So there you go. Uh maybe maybe sometime in the future there might be some changes. We'll see what happens. We but, we did uh, miss something. Very yeah. very important. Ah. Sean Bergenheim. Oh! Sean, oh. Sean Bergenheim running Dude. for 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 parliament in Finland, which you know, we're we're already late into the show, but good god, how great is that? He he is indeed. Uh there is a story by Katie Strang who uh, used to cover the Islanders during Sean Bergenheim's, Bergenheim's time with the team uh, about his uh, his decision to run. And uh, this is her second. This is her second Sean Bergenheim story this season because she did a story on him holding out or something about, oh, right. yeah, yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. William, the William Nylander thing. So first of all, Sean Bergenheim, by the way, is a very handsome dude. Uh, the, the the picture of him, I'm like, wow, this yes. he's, he's really just a, a good looking guy. He's he's the kind of guy who can not wear a belt with suit pants and still look good. Like most of us would look foolish, but yeah. he does not. No, he's 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 got the uh, he's got the like perfect Scandinavian jeans thing going on. So good for Sean. Uh, we're definitely pulling for him. I have his autograph on 
uh, my orange third jersey <laughs> along with Robert Nilsson, Brad, Brad Lukowicz, Eric Goddard is on there. Bruno, wow. Gerv- I have like 18 Bruno Gervais autographs. That's one of them. Uh, so yeah, like I'll, I'll, whenever that election day is, I'll make sure I wear that jersey hmm. with his autograph on it. Yeah, he's uh, he's running, um, and he he kind of got awoken after you know as his as his career was winding down, sort of like you know what am I gonna do next, basically, and uh, he's uh, he's you know trying to trying to do better and trying to. Uh, you know, uh, over there it's a different system. Like there's multi parties and stuff, so it's I, I don't want to I don't want to speak out of turn and and get this wrong. Yeah. You just read the story; it's obviously very well the, written, but uh, it's interesting. The, uh, the my favorite part was when I was, you know, I saw this. I, th- I can't remember who tweeted it out at first a couple of days ago, and then I, I was translated the article. But the uh, the article from the Finnish website refers to him as uh, the 35 year old ex waiter. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they, here's the whole paragraph. It's Bergenheim, who played as an attacker, enjoyed his career as a member of the NHL, but was forced to end his career in 2018 as a result of a concussion, according to RKP, which is his party. RKP's announcement, the 35-year-old ex-waiter is currently an entrepreneur and focuses on education, health, and environmental issues in his election campaign. That's pretty funny. That's <laughs> Albert Einstein, comma, former patent clerk. I guess is another way. Can, I don't know. what else, that. That's pretty funny. I, yeah. I, I, there must be like a was he a waiter or was it just like a, a translation? I, I don't know. I, I I like the. I mean, he like like we were just saying. Like the guy looks good in, in a suit, so he would make yeah. a, he would make a great waiter at like a finished <laughs> fine dining restaurant. Well, and it's funny too because like here we are talking about this guy who played for the Islanders. It felt like he, it feels like he played for the Islanders twenty years ago, but he's thirty five. Like he's you know yeah. He's somewhat he's quite a bit younger than me. And here he is. You know, he's had a whole playing career that was very successful. And now he's embarking on a brand new career. And it's like it sounds like something he should be a lot older. But no, he's 35. It's not old. You know, but uh, but yeah. So there you go. If you you were to pick one Islander who was going to get into politics, I'm not sure anybody would pick Sean Bergenheim, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I think Mike Fornabeo tweeted out. He's like, I think this makes the first Bridgeport Sound Tiger to run for Finnish Parliament, unless I miss it, <laughs> unless I miss a Tommy Pettinen run. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, I'm waiting for uh, Joel Recklich to uh, uh, to run for office, and then I'll I'll definitely move to whatever state he's running in. And uh, oh yeah, no, he's from Wisconsin. So all right, so when Joel Recklich <laughs> runs for governor of Wisconsin, I'm going to move to Wisconsin just so I can vote for the Wrecker because he had a great nickname. <laughs> Wow, I had no idea. I just pulled him out of my ass, but I'm glad yeah. I did. So there you go. All right. Well, I think that that's as good a that's as good a place to end as any, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you uh, for your reviews if you've left them, uh, except for that one guy who gave us one star because he said we didn't watch all the games. <laughs> Sir, I'm very sorry to tell you that we don't watch all the games. Uh, I have alerted our customer service department, and they're working on getting you a refund. Don't hold your breath. But there you go. <laughs> but if you've left us a nice review, we really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. Like I said, we're going to record Sunday night. We'll get to you Monday. It's a holiday for everybody, so it's probably a good time to get in there. The Islanders have uh, three days off in between the game against the Oilers and the first game in Calgary next week. So it feels like a good time. Plus, the you know, again, trade deadline's around the corner. We'll see what happens. Uh, But again, thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye.